My name is Will Hagel, and I am the guy talking right now. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking, but also reading. Talking and reading, reading and then talking an article, kind of like an audiobook format. An article that I wrote and then read and then talked at you called Titus Andronicus and the Will to Be the Ultimate Rock Band. Wrote it the night before I published it on architecturedance.substack.com which you can subscribe to along with following this podcast wherever you're listening to it and you can also follow architect dance on twitter and go to architecturedance.com check out the website that's a work in progress but basically i'm just forcing myself to write a new article every week mostly about music because someone once said writing about music is like dancing about architecture essentially saying it's a really not intelligent thing to do kind of like making a podcast where you just read articles that you wrote because no one wants to listen to that and no one does but for all of you out there listening i know you don't want to hear about me talking about how you're not listening because you are so let me get on to the article that i'm going to read about titus andronicus who put out a new album And I usually read these articles over some sort of copyright-free music that I either get my friend Lee Robinson, who is also my co-host on another podcast you should subscribe to called Connecting the Classics. I either get Lee to send me some ambient songs that he made, like I did for episode one of this podcast, or I just go to YouTube and get some copyright-free music, which is what I did for this episode. I wanted to get some drones, because uh, the article's kind of about how Titus Andronicus is like a classic rock band now. And Patrick Stickles, the front man, has always admitted that he likes Lou Reed. And uh, John Cale was kind of responsible for bringing in drone sounds into music with the Velvet Underground. So I just looked up drone copyright free music and... You know, to comment on the sad state of America and the world today. When you type in drone music, YouTube thinks you're looking for, like, pumping electronic music that you want to put behind your videos that you shot on your drone. 
but this orange desert cinematic drone relaxing anti-stress ambient tune that I found which I will credit to Remix Sample great name Remix Sample um, who on YouTube said I made a bass heavy drone that is designed to rumble and vibrate your chest area to get rid of stress by targeting unpleasant emotions so let me stop being stressed and read this article which again you can find on architecturedance.substack.com and it's called Titus Andronicus and the Will to Be the Ultimate Rock Band. Alas, dance. The first question a friend asked when I informed them that Titus Andronicus's new album, The Will to Live, had just come out at 9 p.m. Pacific, Thursday, the 29th of September, 2022, when the clock struck midnight in the distant yet connected tri-state area, as I was kneading and sipping a whiskey, a constitution-defined three-term presidency away from the band's seminal LP2, was the following. Does it sound more like The Monitor or any other Titus album? My gut reaction during that first passive listen via my phone's weak speakers, texting and jamming out in joyous realization of an album I knew was coming but hadn't been anticipating to come right then, was this. No album will be like The Monitor. And yeah, I I have the same text voice as the person I was texting with. No album will be like The Monitor. Titus Andronicus just wants to be a classic rock band, and I respect that. Now. After digesting the press Patrick Stickles has done surrounding the album rollout, I understand that the goal is more grandiose. Titus Andronicus doesn't just want to be a classic rock band. They want to be the ultimate rock band. And that is more than okay. Ultimate rock is a genre Stickles coined which refers to the -the over-the-top, maximalist albums like ACDC's Back in Black or The Who's Who's Next among others, which you can click on a link if you read the article in architecturedance.substack.com. Titus's post-2018 output has not abandoned the emo-punk angst of their earlier work, but in various formations evolving while revolving around leader Patrick Stickles, like ultimate rock band Boston did around Tom Schultz, has shifted towards more straightforward rock and roll. As a coveted pitchfork darling in the early 2010s, Titus was almost too punk for the indie crowd, too indie for the punks. In stripping down their music to its purest essence, without making it subdued and in fact doing the opposite, the band has settled into a sound somehow both timeless and befitting of their age in this current period of recorded music history. They are a rock band, ultimately. Titus has never shied from embracing their influences in their lyrics with direct references, from the Springsteen comparisons that dogged them to a degree in their earlier career, to the Will to Live's cover of 70s English punk band Cox Spars, We're Coming Back. The classic rock allusions are as clear as the punk ones, as ingrained within Stickles as a product of coughs and his arms, crass tattoo. 
that album's I'm Like a Rolling Stone interpolates Dylan interpolating the folk canon while shouting out the lineup of that still ongoing band with the mouth logo named after the Muddy Waters song. You know what I'm talking about? In a consequence of sound piece breaking down the will to live, which you can also read if you go to architecturedance.subzags.com and click on the link. Stickles rattles off specific songs and artists that influenced each track. Dead Meat, for instance, is a direct homage to Nirvana. I Cannot Be Satisfied on The Will to Live is again a riff on a Rolling Stones song, which was a riff on other songs. Thin Lizzy can be found in Bridge and Tunnel, which features vocals from the lead singer of Canadian Titus Touring Partners, Partner. The breakdown is a pleasant and informative read that also has some quality song recommendations that I hadn't heard before, like the late 1960s psychedelic and prog-influenced Japanese group Flower Traveling Band. Flower Traveling Band, with no G, but a apostrophe, where the G should be, signifying it should be traveling and not traveling. Stickles is able to identify the threads of his own musicality that relate back to other artists both living and dead, as if music is one superorganism that continues on no matter what, like Earth itself, with or without us. In his quest to make the ultimate rock album, Stickles' ultimate influence is, from outfit to attitude to showmanship, Lou Reed, like I mentioned. All Through the Night takes its name from the Lou Reed song. I Cannot Be Satisfied ends with a drone that would make John Cale proud. Unlike this cinematic drone, which I'm not going to shit on because I actually do kind of like it. And normally I put in little example clips of the music I'm writing about. But in this case, I'm just going to direct you to run up the streaming numbers on Titus Andronicus's album and... I'm not going to legally download it. You could also watch the YouTube videos, which are a lot of them directed by Stickles himself, and they're pretty entertaining. So you know what? Just enjoy this Orange Desert cinematic drone relaxing anti-stress ambient song. It would make John Cale proud, wouldn't it? Like his hero, Lou Reed, and his other heroes, Stickles is privy to the sensibilities of those that came before him and unabashed in his pursuit of their rock and roll glory. The will to live is dialed up to the maximum, and the Boston influence was evident before Stickles confirmed it. But the album's narrative approach is not as maximalist as The Most Lamentable Tragedy was, which used 35 tracks to construct a five-act rock opera all about mental illness. The thematic through lines on LP7 are not as easy to identify as they were on the monitor, which clearly and unavoidably is about the American Civil War, and in a different sense about Stickles' relationship to Boston, the city. On my first passive listen, I thought maybe The Will to Live was about parenthood. The opening track, which features recordings of Stickles' real cats manipulated into whales alongside a cacophony of other unpleasant noises, is called My Mother is Going to Kill Me. The track Baby Crazy, the closest thing to a rap song Stickles has ever made, despite threatening to release a rap album over the years, has dense and complex lyrics that can be dissected in detail by those willing to read the scrolling text of the karaoke-style video. On first listen, though, it sounded like Stickles was losing his mind again, 
this time while trying to take care of a baby. It doesn't help that the next song, all through the night, discusses something crying and crying and crying. Or maybe it's calling and calling and calling. For the amount of time the title suggests. All through the night. There's a lyric in Baby Crazy which summarizes my initial reaction to the album's possible meanings. The father is a concept that's beyond my comprehension, but it's one I gotta mention because its influence is evident. Yes, Patrick Stickle's voice sounds exactly like my text voice. And no, it actually doesn't, but... Again, I'm feeling lazy and don't want to drop in the actual clips from the songs this time. And I'm justifying it by saying, you should go listen to Run Their Numbers Up and not give them to me. But anyways, what do those lyrics mean? Does it mean that Stickles had a baby and once again lost his mind? It turns out Stickles didn't have a baby, or at least hasn't acknowledged as much, but did get married between this album and the previous one. The album isn't written 100% anyways, from Stickles' point of view. Like another of his admitted influences, MF Doom, Stickles embodies a fictional narrator on the will to live, whose experiences closely relate to the author's personal life. Like everyone on Mother Earth after COVID started and went on forever, Stickles went through a shitload of changes, was forced to confront morality and destruction, endured grief, and came out with a renewed perspective on what it means to be a human on this planet, which keeps going whether or not we individually continue along with it. The narrator of The Will to Live goes through something similar, reacting personally to lofty themes like God and the Devil, while pausing ever so often to bust out a much-needed guitar solo. The terminology and the lyrics of The Will to Live are personal as always, but also to go along with the maximalism of ultimate rock, of mythical religious proportions. The stakes are higher. The attempt is more ambitious. How do you write about the end of the world, the most universal fear in reality, from a unique perspective? You make it personal, of course. Of course. Of course. Like Stickles being annoyed with traffic after witnessing someone die on 2012's LP3 local business track upon viewing Oregon's landscape with a flood of detritus? The narrator of the will to live res- detritus. The narrator, detr, d e t r i t u s. The narrator of the will to live responds and reacts to the horrific realities of the cycle of life and death. In an interview with Vulture, Stickles explained the narrator's arc and epiphany, which is, quote, coming to a grim realization of the violent brutality of the natural world. You wouldn't be able to discern this from a quick listen to the track, or even closer repeated ones, but Grey Goo refers to a hypothetical thought experiment in which self-replicating nanobots end up covering Earth in the titular matter. My mother is going to kill me is actually a way of saying that Mother Earth regularly creates life but also destroys it. An anomaly has lyrics like, It was God that made our bodies. It was the devil that made our minds. 
The band has come far from wanting to stagnate in senior year of college and on to pontificating about what it means that death and violent destruction have become the human norm. When humans haven't stagnated after reaching the top of the food chain, but instead have turned on each other. We're no longer fighting for survival, Stickles mentioned in another interview, but now we're fighting out of pure evil. The will to live is filled with bigger concepts than ever before, poking at the root of what makes humanity tick and keep on ticking. The album is also, of course, personal. Give Me Grief is about an occurrence that feels, to those who experience it, like the end of the world altogether, the death of a close friend and family member. In this case, the person who died was original Titus Andronicus keyboardist and Stickle's cousin, Matt Money Miller. In honor of their fallen friend, and in acknowledgement of the limited time we all have on the planet, the song features a verse from former Titus Andronicus member, an all-around legend of the extended Titus universe, Eric Harm. It's a great joy to hear him singing and watch him dancing on a rooftop to this song. It is too early to make a proper assessment of the album, and so let me be clear that this was and is not a review. After listening on my phone speakers when the album came out, I listened again on a long drive from Burbank, where I live now, to West Adams, where I used to live. It was a fitting soundtrack to a nostalgia-filled ride, as Titus Andronicus is a nostalgia-inducing band, even as they carry on in present day. Titus' lyrics have always emphasized the importance of location on one's well-being or lack thereof. You can hear Stickles being miserable in Boston or being proud of New Jersey. Moving from one side of the river to the other to become a drop in a deluge of hipsters. For a long ride through a city I've called home for a long time, on the opposite coast from Titus and too far from my actual home, this was, like classic rock tends to be, an impeccable road trip soundtrack. While the theme and messaging of the will to live will take longer to suss out than other Titus works, Stickle's explanations of his intent give the music a heightened context. Go check out that Consequences Sound article if you haven't already. Plus, the music alone can carry the album. I'm Screwed is catchier than any song they've made in years. I would write more, but I'm actually falling asleep while writing this, so I'm just going to do a sharp cutoff. Probably forgot to mention a lot of stuff or give a thoughtful review, but hey, at least we got this far. And that's really how I ended the article, because I was really falling asleep. And I was writing it late at night, the day before I committed to putting it out, kind of like I'm doing with this podcast, which is why I didn't put any of the music in. But again, I'm going to use the conceit that no one's listening to this, and if you are listening to this in the future, you might as well go listen to the songs on the platforms that are going to give the likes and the views and the clicks to, to Patrick Stickles and Titus Andronicus instead of me. So I saw in an interview, too, that Patrick Stickles mentioned how he doesn't want to know one thing or another about his music and how well it's doing and how he already took a step too far when he downloaded the Spotify Analytics uh, app to his phone. 
So, you know, we got a guy looking at a Spotify analytics app. They've been independent, out there hustling, trying to get the music out, trying to be the ultimate rock band. You might as well go to listen to their music. And, you know, it's just a coincidence that that saves me from downloading a bunch of clips off YouTube and overproducing a podcast that doesn't need to be. But, hey, I've been dancing about architecture, and I'm glad you've been my ear partner in this little routine if you want to listen again hit that follow hit that review subscribe on that sub stack listen to Titus Andronicus and goodbye Architecture dance. Architecture dance. Architecture dance. Architecture dance. Architecture dance. Architecture dance.